0: Hello, I'm Jackie Mungavin and this is Love Life with Jax, a podcast about living a wholehearted life, about freeing your naked soul and connecting to the world in love. To make sure you don't miss an episode, you can subscribe on JackieMungavin.com, on iTunes or on the Podbean app. Stay tuned for episode 7, where we will learn how to stay connected to God throughout our busy days. Welcome to episode 7 of a podcast where I'm sharing wisdom from my moments with God as we go on a journey together of stripping off the suffocating layers of self-preservation that we live with, learning to live exquisitely, nakedly, alive to life, and learning to love without reservation. In the past few episodes, we've been speaking about how love is an adventure of trust and intimacy and forgiveness and trying again, and we're wanting to go on that adventure together of opening our soul to love, which really is one of the bravest things you'll ever do. We're chatting through the book of Song of Songs in order to do this. Song of Songs is a book of the Bible, which is an allegory of love. It's speaking of a groom and a bride, but it's an allegory of Jesus and his love for us, the church. This song is called The Song of Songs and it's written by the wisest man that ever lived, King Solomon. And I think you'll agree as we follow along on this adventure together that there really is such wisdom here for learning how to live a life of love and not being afraid of of intimacy and of knowing God in a way that he really wants to know us. We started off with the point of let him, that our our first episode on this series was about letting God love us, letting Jesus kiss us. It actually said that, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, and about his kisses, actually the word being the same word, which means to equip for battle. That his kisses equip us for the battle of our lives, for what we need to accomplish each day, but also his kisses Equip us for this journey of intimacy. They make us brave. They allow us to be able to go on this journey. And so, as we let Him kiss us, as we let Him into our lives in an intimate way, He helps us to go on this journey. Also, as we go together with Him, He makes us beautiful by His love. So, we may not feel like we deserve His love as we start with this journey, but His love makes us beautiful in the same way that His kisses make us brave. We are now in verse 6 of chapter 1, and I'm going to start off by reading to you a couple of verses from the Passion Translation. It's starting off with the bride speaking to her friends, and then she turns over and starts to address her groom. So she's speaking to her friends when she says, Please don't in scorn because of my dark and sinful ways. My angry brothers quarreled with me and appointed me guardian of their ministry vineyards, yet I have not tended my vineyard with them. Won't you tell me, she says to him, lover of my soul, where do you feed your flock? Where do you lead your beloved ones to rest in the heat of the day? Doesn't that sound amazing, to rest in the heat of the day with God? She says, for I wish to be wrapped all around with you as I wander among the flocks of your shepherds. It's you I long for with no veil between us he answers her and he gives her the way. He says, listen, my radiant one, if you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Graze your goats by the shepherd's tents. We're going to learn about what he means by that. And he says to her when she gets there, when she finds that place of intimacy with him, my dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. To gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses, a strong regal steed pulling his royal chariot. Your tender cheeks are aglow. Your earrings and gem-laden necklaces set them ablaze. We will enhance your beauty, encircling you with our golden reins of love. You will be marked with our redeeming grace. And so three points that I want to take out of that for us today. The first is that she longs for intimacy with him in the middle of her day. In the heat of the day, she says, where can I rest with you? I want to be able to be with you with no veil between us. This is obviously a reference to the veil that Jesus removed. We've spoken in previous episodes about the temple that was a model representing how we could relate to God. And in that temple that God had King Solomon build, Uh, There is a most holy place, a place that is on earth, but it represents the intersection of heaven and earth. And it's inside the temple, inside an inner room, behind a curtain or a veil. So she is speaking specifically, King Solomon is writing in this book and speaking on her behalf and saying, I wish that I could have intimacy with you within the veil. Is there a place that I can go in the middle of my busy day where I can be so close to you? It's as if there's nothing between us. I don't know if you if you know the song that speaks about the space between heaven and earth wearing thin there's a line in the song that says the space between wears thin what is the space between what is the veil between now that we live in a time post jesus that the veil of the temple has quite physically and quite literally been torn from top to bottom heaven has invaded earth in a completely unprecedented way compared to in the generations before when this book was written what is now the space? between. I want you to think about that moment when Jesus was taken up to heaven. So he's resurrected. He's in his resurrected body. He has wounds on his hands. So this is the body that he's going to live in for all eternity. It's a physical body. It's a, th- a 3D body, if you like. And he is taken up from his disciples they say he disappears in a cloud what does that mean did jesus just go further and further and further away up through the atmosphere and beyond into the stars and into next galaxies where is jesus's physical body now because it had substance so where is it so uh, this may be a little bit far-fetched it's my way of trying to understand this it may sound a little bit strange to you but let's take a 2d picture picture of a little man drawn on a piece of paper it's two-dimensional and there's a ball on the piece of paper a little circle that's drawn the little man the stick figure can only see the ball on the paper because it is in the same dimension as him they're two-dimensional he can see the ball if I drop the ball down lower than the paper and I draw my circle in a third dimension from him it's lower down he can no longer see it because he can't see into the third dimension Okay, that might be a little bit um, scientific for some of us. But anyway, what if that is how Jesus disappeared? I don't think, it doesn't say in the Bible that he got smaller and smaller and smaller and went further and further away. Jesus is not in a faraway galaxy, his physical body so far away from us that we can never reach him. No, in fact, I think he is right here, but he slipped away from our ability to see him. There is a dimension, a spiritual dimension. We don't necessarily understand all the science behind it, but in some way, like that little circle could still be really near to the stick figure man, but no longer on his piece of paper. So Jesus can be really near to us, even though he's no longer visible in our three-dimensional visibility, that what we can see with our natural eyes. So in order for us to try and understand this one more image that I have is a little bit like if you're sitting in a hot bath and there's steam coming off out of your bath and perhaps candlelight so you can see the steam and then after a few moments it disappears. It sounds a little bit like that is what happened with Jesus. He simply faded away. The space between when Jesus says that we should pray our father who art in heaven, that word heaven is actually the space between the waters above and the waters below of creation. When God separated the waters in creation, the waters above were the skies, the waters below being the oceans, that space between, that's heaven. So when Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven, this is who we should pray to, That means our Father is as close as the air that we breathe. Jesus is right here with us. He has not disappeared very far. In fact, the physical image that we have, he can only give us in 3D imagery and then try to explain to us a little bit further. The physical image we have is that that veil being torn, heaven invading earth outside of the most holy of holy place that poured out into earth. Every place that his spirit is right inside of our hearts, right around Around us the heavens around us the air that we breathe that is how close Jesus is and that is what he says to her here he says to her so first point is there is no veil between us we don't have to live like there's a veil between us anymore the second point is he's not too busy he says if you lose sight of me come, come to me during the day. Come to me in the heat of the day. You don't have to stay far away from me. Don't think that I'm too busy for you. I know that Richard will say to our children all the time, he is a busy man. He is a very high capacity man. He runs many different organizations, but he is never too busy for them. So even though he's going about his day, he is always available to them. If they want to come and interrupt him, they are not an interruption. They are able to approach him at any time of the day and similarly for me if I phone Richard in the middle of the day I'm not interrupting his day in fact I am the focus of his day the work that he's doing in his business capacity and at the church where he works that we are his focus as his family and so similarly for God as he goes about his day he says to the bride here I'm mixing my metaphors a bit but I think you're following me he says to her don't stay away I'm I am with the shepherds I'm working here but don't stay away follow the path it is a well-worn path and why don't you wear it out even more come regularly to me in the middle of your day so the second point is he's not too busy but thirdly we need to make sure that we are not too busy the scripture says here come with your burdens and cares or in most translation it says graze your goats by the shepherd's tent bring your work bring your day come and be with me in the middle of your day In this day and age, people seem to love being busy. It seems to be a symbol of achievement. It seems to be a status symbol that I am just so busy. Whenever you ask anyone, how are you? I'm fine, I'm just so busy. We have heard of type A personalities and type A personalities are those that are always on the go, always getting things done, front footed. And it's become something of a status symbol. I have never heard someone saying, I am not a type A personality. People seem to always be saying, oh, I am. A type A personality, it seems to be something that they're proud of. And yet, do you know where it was discovered? Type A personalities were labeled as such by two cardiologists, Friedman and Rosenman, who noticed that many of their heart patients that were having heart attacks had similar behavioral traits. In fact, they noticed that in their waiting room of their cardiology rooms, the the chairs in the waiting room seemed to be worn out in a different pattern to most waiting rooms. So in most waiting rooms, a chair would tend to get worn out towards the back of the chair, where a person is putting their weight uh, right at the back of the chair and the backrest, those parts of the chairs seem to get worn out more. But in this cardiology, cardiology waiting room, they noticed that it was the very fronts of the chairs and the fronts of the armrests that were getting worn down and and more compressed and more worn out. Their patients were actually always sitting on the edge of their chairs, ready to go, a little bit like uh, racing horses in the starting gates, ready to race, and they realized that there was this type of personality that lent itself towards heart disease, and it was this personality that felt that they always had something to prove, somewhere to go, something to do, and were always busy. This has become something of our culture. We think that it is impressive to be always busy, but actually some psychologists have suggested that underlying this lifestyle is a need to prove ourselves. In fact, it is reminiscent of the verse in Ecclesiastes that says, I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. We're caught on a treadmill with no resting place because we have something to prove. We just want to get to the next rush, the next achievement, the next moment for somebody to tell us that we've done well, that we've worked well, that we are not lazy. And we're living on this treadmill and it is not the place that God intended for us. It is not the lifestyle that God intended for us. So maybe type A personality is not actually a badge to be worn with honor, but should be something that concerns us, that we look and we say, why am I always in a rush? Henry Neuven says it like this. Is there a quiet stream underneath the fluctuating affirmations and rejections of my little world? Is there a still point where my life is anchored and from which I can reach out with hope and courage and confidence? So... We found ourselves going about our days really busy, frazzled, wishing for intimacy with God, struggling to know how to handle all of our responsibilities, feeling like we need to be busy even, that we need the affirmation that comes from being busy, and God offers us a solution. The solution is this, graze your goats by the shepherd's tents. Stop everything you're doing in the middle of your day with all your responsibilities, bring them all, and sit for a moment beside Jesus. I've been practicing this with an app that's available on most app stores, and it's called the One Minute Pause app. It actually sets a little reminder on your phone at times through the day that suit you, and it helps you, it leads you in how to pause, even just for a minute. There's three minute options, five and ten minute options on this app that you can use, and it gives you an opportunity to just stop, bring your responsibilities. (laughs) That word, graze your goats. What are your goats? What are your responsibilities? Are your goats your kids excuse the pun are your goats the responsibilities at work what are those goats that are, you are busy with your burdens and your cares and can you come with them find a little quiet place in the middle of your day and sit I've actually been doing this, going into my bathroom, closing the door, even lighting a candle, even though it's only going to be for a few minutes, and playing the app. And the app will lead you in a moment of actually letting go of everything, just laying it all out to Jesus' feet, all your cares, your burdens, laying them down before him, and actually just healing your union with him, coming back to connecting with him. Because we should not be going about our days with, as these type A personalities, a problematic personality that can cause us illness, running around like headless chickens trying to look after goats just really really busy that actually we can just slow down lay it all at Jesus's feet and hear from him for a moment reconnect with him re-engage with our intimacy with Jesus before carrying on with our days and so the three points that I want you to take away today first of all there is no veil between you and God. He is not far away. He is closer than you think. The space between you and him is thinner than you think. His day is wide open to you. He is not too busy for you. He is inviting you in to have these moments of intimacy with him throughout the day to heal your union, to make sure that you are connected with him. You don't have to live your day and your busyness and your responsibilities disconnected from him. You get to lay it all out before him, And then thirdly, that you are not too busy. You don't need to live in that A-type personality world. You can stop, slow down, and just take a moment and reconnect with him in the middle of the day. So that is my invitation for you today. We've spoken about letting him kiss us brave. We've spoken about letting him love us beautiful. Now his day is wide open to you, goats and all. (laughs) The space between is thinner than you think. Take those opportunities through the day. Maybe get that app if you think it'll be helpful for you. Otherwise, set aside moments to just lay your head down on your steering wheel if you've just driven into work, driven arrived at home. Take moments to just pause. Lay all your cares out before him. It can just be a minute or three minutes. Re-engage with intimacy with him and then carry on with your day. Thank you for joining with me on Love Life with Jax, where we learn to live into our created purpose of receiving and giving the love of God. This podcast is my way of sharing the love of God with others, so I would love it if you shared this with your world. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or on the Podbean app, and while we're spreading the love, maybe you can even give me a five-star review on iTunes. Proverbs says, wisdom is a deep well of understanding opened up within you as a fountain of life for others. My hope and prayer is that today you have found something here to refresh your soul. Thank you for listening to Love Life with Jax. Until next time, live a life of love.